Let's face it, getting older sucks. Getting older in the age of social media is even worse. Do you hate it when people tell you to age gracefully? Do you want to know how to live your best life at any age? Well, so do we. First rule, don't call me ma'am. Now, here's Jody Miller. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Don't Call Me Ma'am. I'm Jody Miller. Uh, my guest today is one of my closest friends. What? One of them. One of them? One of them. Well, you don't say best friends anymore because I feel I say like best friends all the time. I know, but I feel like some girls are like, Just, she's my best friend, she's my best friend, and you're one of my closest friends. I don't like that. Okay, she's my best friend. Thank you. Um, Thank you. I've known her for over a decade, and we usually say over a decade when we can't remember if it's been 12 or 13 years. It's either over a decade or 20 years, but I think we're getting close to 20 years. It's crazy. I don't think we are. We're really getting close. I think it's longer, and yeah. Uh, We've known each other for 40 years. (laughs) She wasn't even born yet. She just, just filmed her fifth Netflix special, which we're going to talk about later. She is an author. She is a film and television star. She and your best friend. A, she's my best friend. She had a sex scene with Mark Wahlberg, which oh, is definitely it's not out yet. Okay, we can cut. What that. if they cut it? We can cut that. Uh, anyway, I have it. I have it burned into my brain. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Put your hands together, everybody at home. I want everybody to clap. I just said put your hands together because that's what you say when you bring somebody on stage. For Eliza Schlesinger, guys, come on, everybody clap. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Um, Eliza, thank you for coming on my podcast. You're welcome. This is in the middle of the day. It is. It's right in the middle of the day, people. Uh, there's a lot of traffic. We're in the middle of Burbank. You have no idea. So basically, I just wanted to talk to you because we have known each other a really long time. And I think it's really difficult sometimes to maintain relationships the older you get, especially when you meet. You were in your early 20s and I was in my early 30s. And at that time, I think we were definitely a little bit more on the same level emotionally, mentally, um, and now that we're older, uh, I think we've been able to transition into an even better friendship, in my opinion. I could be totally wrong, and you could get up and storm out of here, and that'll be the end of the podcast, which would be really awkward. Uh, <laughs> how would you feel the time? <laughs> uh, I'd have to talk about my cat. But uh, I think when I think about my best friends slash closest friends, I think about everything we've gone through. And you and I have gone through some of the best times in our life and some of the most horrible times. Yeah. And I think your friends are the ones that are there. They stay with you. They don't just disappear. I've definitely had a lot of friends that I consider to be my best friends that I no longer talk to anymore. See? Because you willingly just say, oh, best friend, sure. And then they... Yeah, that's why I never never call them my closest friends. That's why. Twice shy. Um, But I do want to talk about, because you are kind of a master at this, and I'm going to bring up an example of uh, using social media to help your career, enhance your career, reach your fans, all of that. And I feel like, for me, getting older in the age of social media is devastating. For anyone over 40, it is <laughs> devastating. De- it is devastating. <laughs> it's devastating. Uh, I want to hear about, about what you think about that. But I also want to point out, I remember being at the Comedy Store years ago when Instagram was very new. And I remember us walking through the hallway, and you got a lot of likes on a picture. And it was a really big deal. You were, I, f- I remember you were like, I got a thousand. I don't remember, because hmm. I don't even remember how many followers you had. But I, th- I feel like it was at that moment that something clicked, and you really were able to use social media to help blow up your career. Not only the fact that you're so brilliantly talented and you perform and tour mm-hmm. all over the world, but you really, you definitely use that. How do you feel about social media and documenting your life? Because you do. I mean... I'm not an influencer. I mean, there are people you've never heard of that have 10 million followers. Right. Pro tip, 
uh, just because someone has a lot of followers, always check the likes. If it's completely disproportionate, it means that they've bought followers. Yes. If you have 3 million followers and you're getting like 50 comments on a post, it's all bullshit. It's all like bullshit. you should just just know people do buy those. Uh, I didn't. Um, and I don't have that many. It's You know, it sounds like I'm... Uh, like I'm just being modest, but I I have a little under five hundred thousand, so that's in today's influencer terms. Like it's not a ton. It's a lot, but it's, it's lot. not a ton uh, compared to like what a sneaker company might have or something. Right. I have never. I remember. I never. I didn't get on Instagram early. I was on Twitter early, and I joined that just insanity of everyone's my opinion here's mine and then i just took it off my phone and i was like i can't you're just shouting into a void all it does all twitter is there for is to be like gotcha remember 30 years ago when you made that fat joke well we got it we got the receipts (laughs) it doesn't allow for growth no one's allowed to be like i said something once and i'm sorry it's like no forever fuck you forever right so i just kind of stopped with twitter i was like i don't know who i'm arguing with it's this. It was this new thing that no one really had the foresight, the lay person didn't, to understand how that would impact you in the future because we're just dumb humans. Instagram, I find to be a much more positive experience. Yes. And I've never, it's not a manipulative thing. Like, I don't have a social media plan. Like, I don't have a team that's like, okay, we're going to, you know, because I'm not an influencer. It's not my job. Right. I genuinely love sharing personal things. I don't strive to be authentic. I just am. If I like, if I put something up there and then I'm, I have a second thought, I immediately take it down. You know, I think when you're single, it's normal to be like, here, cute pictures of me. Now that I'm married, I don't feel that urge anymore. But by that same token, I don't really judge girls that are like out with their like tits out because that's what you should be doing. It's fun, right. you know. I'm always trying to, I'm always posting just the authentic version of myself. And I think people can smell bullshit and they can smell authenticity. And when you're vulnerable and open or, you know, people are always like, you're so brave. You're doing these makeupless posts. I was like, oh, I didn't think twice about it. I just don't care if you find me attractive. Now, that to me is amazing because you just said Instagram is more of a positive thing. And I think for some people it is. And for some people it's not. Like you definitely, what I look at you as is, you're right, I don't really look at you as an influencer. Although having said that, if you post something the majority of your fans are either going to go check it out, they're going to see what that's about. Yeah. But but saying that, that's aside, I do love the fact that you document your life all day long. It also seems exhausting to someone of my age, for sure. Because here's the thing, I'm in a very strange age where I'm young enough to know the social importance of social media, especially being in this industry. But mm-hmm. I'm also old enough to be exhausted and not fucking want to do it because I just don't. And I'm in awe when I see... I mean, you, and I love also that you don't give a fuck but a lot of people out there, myself included, when I post a pic, it's usually not a five-second pic. It's what filter do I have on? What yes. position do I look at? Do I look older than I actually am? Do I look younger? Do I look like I'm having fun? Then the fucking caption. Is this caption good? Let me text my friend. Do you like this caption? And a lot of people that aren't in the industry, just my friends back home, whenever they take a picture, whenever I'm with them, they're like, what should I say? Like, you're a comedy writer. What's funny? What seems right? You don't even give a shit. You just post and... I admire that for a thousand different reasons. But I think yeah. I think it's uh you know, I think as you get older, you know, it's less natural to do the technologically new thing. Mm-hmm. Um I I don't do TikTok. You know, there's always something new. There's always something that people even five years or ten years younger than you are doing right. more naturally. Um 
we're both sharers. I see your posts versus mine. I wonder if you had people that expected certain posts, if you would do it more. I, you know, there are times in my life, you know, especially recently where I just don't post for a couple days. Right. Sometimes I'll be, usually when I'm alone, like if I'm on tour, if I'm in another country, I like to share things with people. And I think there's a difference between, like, it's for me, it's always quality over quantity. Right. And I never, I dislike when I follow someone and I'm just getting garbage i always think at least if you're following me it's going to be funny or pertinent or relevant versus like dope spaghetti tonight chilling with buddies whatever like <laughs> i try to make it like you come here for something and i'm sharing something that that's worthy of people's time of course and then sometimes i just go on a rant about plastic but fuck it like you need to hear this you that do. we're killing everything um so that's it for me it comes from a genuine need to want to perform for people um not that you don't have that but from a genuine need to you know, and sometimes I was thinking about this when my dog passed away. I was thinking about this, and I feel like you'll you'll get this. Um, you know when you feel really ignored by the industry yes. and you're pissed at everyone and you just feel bad? Today. So you want to <laughs> like right before I walked right in, here. as I'm speaking, <laughs> you want to like say stuff. We all do this thing where you subtweet the world and you write something passive-aggressive directed at no one. Right. Something like, I'm fucking tired of all these fake people. <laughs> you're like, I'm going to go away for a while. People do that. Girls do it all the time. Like, gonna turn off my phone for a while and a while is literally 45 minutes while you get a massage you come back like where is everyone where is everyone and when my dog died i put the i for like three days like i just i I didn't want to engage and that's rare for someone like me to not want to engage i do like people and i thought it was interesting because when you're actually in pain and going through something you don't tell, you don't warn everyone, like, going through something, letting you know. That's a cry for help. Yes. That means you want your friends to be like, hey, are you okay? I just shut it off, and I was like, I don't want anything from anyone. And it was interesting, because I, like, I evolved a little bit in that moment. I was like, no, no, when you need to take a knee and be quiet, you actually just do it. You don't shout it to the world. Yes. Passively, aggressively, hoping that they'll be like, hey, can we offer you this movie role? Right. No, <laughs> that's exactly, your dog just died. We want to give you this movie. Oh, my God, she's a star now. When my mom passed, I didn't... I didn't take to social media. I didn't post anything. I post something now, like, on her birthday or Mother's Day. But I'm still, like, you know, my posts aren't, like, my mom is dead. Everybody comment on that right now. It's just kind of like, I'll always love you, Mom. And I'm not passing judgment on people that do post those posts. I just didn't want... It was personal. It was very personal. I was in a lot of pain reading strangers, you know, posts and their condolences. As lovely as it is, it's not for me. It's definitely not for me. So when I'm going through a lot of bullshit, I definitely, I'm actually not someone, and I see a lot of people that do pass those, like, you know, post those inspirational quotes, you know what I mean? You know, when one door closes, tell everyone else to fuck off. Like, that's, you know what I mean? And that's their way of saying, you know, I've had a shitty day. Somebody fucked me over. And it's like, I'm not going to buy into that. They need to hear it. Which is okay. Yeah, they're not spreading hate. No. But at the end of the day, we're all seeking something, and you're not going to attain that by sub-tweeting the universe. Right. The guy that didn't call you back is not looking at your Instagram, seeing that aphorism, and being like, I should call her back. Right. No, absolutely. Like, just don't. <laughs> um, on the topic of the name of the show, I'm assuming you've been called ma'am. Military doesn't count, by the way. We both, you know, entertain the, the truth. It's hot so. when they do it. It is very I hot when they ma'am. do that. Oh my God, I want to fucking be there, ma'am. Like that's, <laughs> oh yeah, I'm going to ma'am all over their face. But have you been called? <laughs> so gross if you're calling it ma'am. <laughs> I'm going to ma'am. I'm going to ma'am. Um, but, I'm, but, I'm talking, but I'm talking about like at a CVS. That's like, so gross now. No, no, you're never going to get out of your head. I'm never. Uh, you know what? Okay, so here's the difference. So you are, we're like 11 years apart. Yes. Um, and it's interesting. I always try to be cognizant of this when I talk to you or someone that's older than me because 
I remember one time I was talking to a girl who is like 15 years younger than me. Right. And I said something about like whatever. And she goes, ugh, I'm so tired because I'm so old. And it's like, you don't fucking know what you're talking about. It's always all, it's all relative. Yeah. And I always try to be cognizant because like to me, I'm just now stepping into that 36, mid 30s, like. It's a great time. Of, it's great. But that where like, not, not that the bloom is off the rose, but uh, just sort of, you know, we're not doing the things we did right. in our early 30s before we were in our 20s, whatever. And so I'm kind of settling into it because I don't, I'm very like, this is just the way that it is. And I'm always constantly in awe of the human experience. Right. And so it's easy for me to be like, a rink, oh my God, a, a, a gray hair. I don't have any gray hairs, but a gray hair, so cute. And you're like, yeah, wait till you have a thousand of them. You know, I'm not right. saying you do, but I'm saying. I don't. I don't have a thousand of them. <laughs> also, she's, also, she's blonde. You're not going to see it. I stayed Real blonde. Real blonde. I stayed blonde for a while. because Because it you don't, doesn't show the gray. But it's annoying <laughs> when someone younger is discovering getting older and you're right. like, because you always say that with older women, you're like, I don't know. I'm just loving and living. They're like, wait till you hit 50, honey. You know, stuff like that. Uh, but forgetting your initial question, what was it? Just, you've been called ma'am. Oh, though. the ma'am. So to me, because it hasn't happened that often, and, right, you know, yeah. when a 19-year-old uh, Menchie's Yogurt Land employees like 1640 days you change, ma'am. I'm like adorable because it's it just is what it is, right? And it's not like he's like you're gross. He's a kid, and so it's right. like yeah, I could be your mother. <laughs> I love saying that to guys. I could be your mother. Do not hit on me. I actually said that to someone. I was probably only 38 at the time, and he was my God, 22, and. I said to him, <laughs> wait, 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 yeah, I said to him, I could be your, I could have had you. That's what I said. He was I flirting with me. I could have birthed I, you. I, but I said this specifically to him because we were kissing and then I stopped <laughs> and I looked at him. <laughs> I looked at him and Detail. I said, I could have had you. And he said, you still can. I remember when that yes. happened. Yes. Ah! Is I it mean, the guy from room five? Yes. Yes, I remember. The hot bartender. So hot. What was everyone. his name, like Diego? Say Elias. It. He's dead. Yes. He's, did you say he's dead? Probably. He's not Most dead. Most people die. He's just not as hot. And that's the, that's the same as think, death, by the way. Before you said Elias, I was like, it's some liquor. I was it like, give Alizé. So funny. It was, and so hot. And did uh, you have him? Uh, we never did had you sex. ma'am on his face? I ma'am all <laughs> over his fucking Actually, they ma'am all over my face. No. Uh, that was the first time I was like, what? I mean, I definitely have that persona where I sleep with younger guys and that definitely, I think, was the first time I was like, wow. Is it a wow. persona? Or is it a life practice? It's a life practice that I'm trying to, you know. Rid yourself of. I am actually trying to yeah. grow out of that, for sure. Now, the last few guys that I've been with, with the exception of one of them, were age-appropriate, for the most part. And or older, and that's all great, too. I think, for me, it was such a slow transition, I think, for a lot of women, being from being called a miss to being called a ma'am, because it happens really slow in different areas of your life. Like, all of a sudden, you stop getting carded when you walk into bars. Like Yes. It's it, not just—it's not the actual miss to ma'am. It's right. manifestations of it. Absolutely. And other things like that, or— the miss to ma'am, obviously, then there's, like, the way your body feels. Ugh. And there is that feeling of, I remember, I don't remember what bar it was, but I was at a bar, and I was like, I don't belong here. Oh, I was at <laughs> Laurel Hardware, and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm not, I'm not the youngest one here by any stretch of the imagination. Laurel Hardware. I don't belong here. Laurel Hardware, the owner of that, the was. Hot Irish owner. Hot. And you, <laughs> and she called me from his house, and she, she was so drunk. <laughs> 
Jody was so drunk and she calls and she goes, I just had sex with the hottest Irish guy on a mattress. And then all of a sudden you hear Jody going, he was, is that a wolf? <laughs> oh my God, there's a wolf here. She was which just is a sign, wandering. Just a sign that he mammed all over my face. He, Stop with that. Uh, that was that was one of those moments where my mom had just passed away. It had been like, I, I believe one month. So you're in that weird numb period and you just want to feel something. And I had a show at God, what is that? Uh, it used to be. Uh, you better God. get that name, I know, the name I right. Otherwise, you, you hosted the show there. It was the Cat Place, Cat uh, Club. No, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah, but no, 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 it wasn't that long ago. It's what is it now? It's that Irish. It's another Rock and Riley. Yes, Rock and Riley. So we were at Rock and Riley in the back doing a show, and I saw this hot guy. And no, I was like, Bar Lubitsch. No, 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 this is Rock There's and no Riley. There's no room in Rock and Riley. Yeah, the they back. have the outside patio in the back. You didn't know that, did you? What did I host? You said I hosted a show there. No, I didn't say you hosted a show. I said, you did when it was um, Cat Club. Yes. Oh, but okay. So um, I see this hot guy. I walk up to the bar. He starts talking to me, and you know that feeling when you're like, "This guy wants to fuck me," and I just knew from the beginning. I was like, "This guy wants to fuck me," and I want to fuck him. So we just kept talking, talking, talking. And my friend came over, and at that point, you're like, "Get out of here! Get out of here!" And you do those things where you're like, "Don't you have to wake up early tomorrow?" Like to your friend, <laughs> you're kind of She's giving like, her no, the hint. Like, no, yeah, like I just want to like party tonight. So. Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> she went to go get a drink and we were sitting at the bar and right in the middle of the conversation he just said I can't think about anything else but fucking you and I just said then why are we here like why why is it taking this long so I just looked at my friend I'm going home with this guy so we went home he had this amazing house but had just a mattress on the floor and a table from Ikea with like one leg missing I was like he's like I think he said something like, I'm looking for a green card, like half kidding. And I'm like, well, I'm looking for a baby. Let's do a trade. <laughs> and then he was like, no. And he went to get a condom. I'm like, I'm fucking serious. And he still put a condom in anyway. Anyway, so then I left. I was drunk. I got in my car because Uber wasn't around yet. And then I called yeah. Eliza. And I did I see a wolf. a wolf. I did see a wolf. Um, your mom just turned 70, which is amazing. Yeah. She doesn't look 70. And your mom is definitely a force of nature in a good way. I think of her as such a tiny bird. She's very, she's a pocket person. People. Everybody's she's like, tiny. she's so intimidating. She's such a force of nature. She and I'm like, she's this bird lady. Let me give I you knock down an example. Uh, I showed up for your wedding. <laughs> I knocked on the door. The bridesmaids were supposed to arrive at a certain time. I knocked on the door, and her mom, this tiny little adorable woman, opens it up. She goes, "Are you early or late?" <laughs> And it actually threw me. I had no idea where I was, what Compared time. Compared to who? I don't know. I, I think I'm early. Um, but let's talk about... It's very New York. It is very New York. The, and so sometimes I just sit back rather than... I never like it when uh, kids police their parents like, Mom, don't say that. I'm like, this adult managed to get through life without your regulations. So I just let her talk. And everybody has their way. Everybody has their way where you watch. You're like, oh, my God, I would never say like that. And yet it works for them. Uh, so I just took a trip with her and like the way that she, you know, but, and I'm like, I wouldn't have said it that aggressively, but. I definitely think she's aged very well. Very well. Um, she looks great. She does look great. She, look, she looks really great. She's got olive skin and a real normal straight nose. I got my dad's Russian skin and Chinsky hook. And where's that hook now? It's on a doctor's plate <laughs> in a surgeon's <laughs> office That's, in Dallas, Texas. I mean, I talk about that all the time now on stage and women really seem to like it about talking about the shit that you've had done. It's not a nose job or a boob job. For some reason, people like love to talk about that. But my face is filled with fillers and Botox. I have so much Botox in my neck, I can't swallow correctly. Like, that's a fact. And I'm totally fine with it. People seem to be shocked about it. But I wish there's such a bad, 
there's such a bad stigma with that that people don't like to talk about. They want everyone to think, this is natural. I was born this way. I'm aging this way. I think there's two factions. I think there's the women that are like, this is my cellulite. I'm letting it all hang out. Fuck this. Fuck that. <laughs> and then there's the women that are, you know, like, you're no, it's, it's all natural. You know, because there's this, uh, this it's mandated that women always be effortless and always be well-preserved. My mother has never had any injections. Right. I can't say that. Um, And I don't know if that's shaped my view on it. Again, I'm also not 10 years older. I'm not. So this idea, it's like, I'll never do that. You don't know. Uh, For me, it doesn't seem to be the way to go. I'm also like, you know, there are things about my face I don't love, but it's like, what are you going to do? But everybody has their thing. There are things that, you know, you don't need a nose job, but like you didn't get one. Even right. as a Jew from the East Coast, you somehow got out think, feeling your nose out. was normal. Um, Did you say fe- thinking? feeling? Feeling. So there are girls, we have friends that have normal noses. They're like, I got to get it fixed. Right. And you're like, it's fine. I think it really, we have a fascination with uh, unearthing what's wrong with a girl and making sure you're com- like, we love to compare ourselves to one and be like, okay, she's perfect, but she did do work, so I still am better. Right. At the end of the day, it's always about our own insecurities. Absolutely. I will say that my mother never, I never grew up hearing my mother say mean things about other women, and that wasn't a deliberate choice. She just isn't wired that right. way. Uh, I had a best friend when I was a kid. Her mom was gorgeous, like a Barbie doll. And my mom would always be like, where is she? She's gorgeous. Let me, let, I love your hair, you know? And so I was always, I was like, oh, I admire women. I've never disliked a girl because she was attractive. Right. And to your credit, I don't think, I mean, you've gotten annoyed at people, but I've always respected that you've been friends with women that are younger than you, and you right. seem to just be friends with girls based on their personalities. Yeah. Which, in a town like this, it could be very easy to be like, she's 10 years younger, I hate her. She's pretty, I hate her. And you right. don't do that. I didn't, gr- I also grew up with a mom who never, who never said that about other women. She respected other women. She was definitely a force of nature in in her job until she wasn't. Um, she went on some weird decline and she went in, into depression, which I also saw too. And I'm not wired that way, but she still never spoke ill about anyone. She definitely complimented a woman and I think women are beautiful. I'm friends with women that are 10 years younger. I'm friends with women that are 10 to 15 years older. And I think though, to be honest with you, I, I have friends that maybe aren't as, you know, what we would consider to be or society considers to be traditionally attractive. Maybe they're quirky or whatever like that. And they actually have animosity towards younger women. Sure. For sure. And it's it's unfortunate because they, they obviously have a lot of baggage that they grew up with. And I definitely went through an awkward, horrific time in my life called puberty where I decided to get a mullet and a perm on top of it because... I don't know. And no one talked me out of it. No one was like, this This isn't going to look good. And it looked horrible. It was the 80s. Was, anything was going. It was really, it was, just, it was so unfortunate. I was definitely overweight. I felt awkward. I definitely got bullied. I got teased. And then I had a transformation in high school where I lost a lot of weight. And I remember being in a jean dress that zipped all the way up and white fringe boots. Did it have that zipper that was a circle? It wasn't. No, it was just a straight silver. uh, It was actually a very, it would probably look good today. It was just a very tight-fitting jean dress. I had lost all this weight naturally and just working out just because I finished puberty. And I was walking down the hallway and a senior, I was a sophomore, a senior was walking by and I just heard him go, damn, like under his breath. And I didn't even turn and look. There was a weird shift. I will never forget about it and I've talked about it in therapy for years, but there was a weird shift in my brain that was like, This, meaning my body, had some sort of power. There was something that changed, and I became a different person, for sure. And I became very fixated on my looks because I would get positive attention for it. It took me a very long, long time to shake that part of me. It just did. I was attached to how I looked. 
Um, but you still are. Right. No, I still am for sure. That's why I do things. I don't think I changed my look. I started getting filler at 37 um, based on your recommendation. You met a guy on a plane. Do you remember that guy? Brian Murphy? Psycho? No. Oh. Uh, no, that's a different guy. The doctor? <laughs> the doctor who died. What? Yeah, he died. What are we talking about right now? He's the first guy who put filler in my face. Who I uh, I set you up with a doctor? Yeah, you met a guy on a he flight. He died? He died of oh a my heart God, attack on so uh, Royal Canyon. It was it was like three years ago. I know. I was like looking on Facebook and I saw his picture pop up and we were friends on Facebook and then everybody was like, I can't believe he's gone. I can't believe I mean, you know, they always say like perfect health and he was a doctor. But he just was on a hike with his dog and his friend and he just dropped dead. Where's that dog now? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um Talking about, like, here's the thing. You said, like, I am friends with a lot of women that are 10 years younger and some that are even more so just in the job that I'm at. I know, you know, there's a lot of PAs that work on my show that are really young and and they're sweet. And and I feel like that. I, I feel like a friend to them and I feel like a, a mother figure to them. But it's interesting when, you know, I had this thought before you got engaged. I was like, you know, because I went through every single one of my friends weddings, engagements, divorces, second weddings. I went through all of that, and I remember having a thought like, I'm going to have to go through all my younger friends' weddings as mm-hmm. well. So I remember thinking when you were dating Noah and you guys had moved in together, there was a thought in my head that was, she's going to get engaged. And it's definitely going to hurt a little bit the way it hurts sometimes when somebody has a baby because I tried to get pregnant and I couldn't. But I love her so much, no matter how I feel like it, it was just I remember consciously just being like, you are going to be the happiest you've ever been. Just, I, you know, you say those things over and over again. And then when you called me up that night, it, I didn't even have to. It, it The second you said it, I just knew it was all genuine. It just came from that sure. real place. And I was super happy. And then I went over to your house and we were all drinking and she had very high waisted jeans on. Like they Somebody's going to tell Jody that this is the thing to wear. Yeah, but they were there was too much. OK, let me just say this. I'm going to say this with up, love. Because I've discussed this with uh, friends we have in common. It took me years to get you to do a side part. No, here. And? Mm. Soften the eye makeup. And? I don't know why you wouldn't just try the, the high-waisted jeans. I have tried the high-waisted jeans, everyone. You got the wrong pair. I have a pouch. You don't want the—that's why you wear them. You don't want the wide-legged ones. You don't need to wear the hipster wide-legged ones. No, 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 ones. I have the, t- the tight ones. Nobody liked the jeans I was wearing that night, but that's because <laughs> they're, like, hipstery and they're really wet and they've got no pocket, whatever. There are high-waisted ones that don't have to be, like, hipster bookstore. On the side part note, everyone, and yes, I'm very happy about a side part. Joe, you didn't know me before it, but here's the thing. I did have a side part before we were friends. That's the thing. My hair was also every color before we were friends. You've only known me. I also weighed 110 pounds before we were friends. Now I'm heavier. I remember. (laughs) But I could go back at any time. (laughs) So anyway, so you called me up. I remember I went over there and it was lovely and we were celebrated and I was so happy to be there. I did cry on the way home. I cried in the Uber on the way home. I was also pretty drunk. And I had sex with a 27-year-old that night as well. So, but I remember crying and it wasn't like, it was just crying like, wow, it's, it's just, it's a lot of things. When women, like, we concentrate on our year, on our career for a really long period of time, and then we wake up somewhere in our 40s and we're like, I don't have a child, I don't have a, I don't have a husband, I don't have a house. Guess what, everyone? I have a fucking house now. Uh, but it's, it's, you just wake up and you're like, why don't I have these things? And you do, you compare and despair to everyone around you. And it was one of those things where I was just like, wow, look where I'm at. I'm a... I'm just older and still single, very single. I think everybody does that. Yeah. Not that it makes you feel any better about your station in life, but everybody. This idea, we always give this uh, interview, this answer in interviews. We're always taught to do this as celebrities. Like, who's your biggest competition? Myself. 
And you say that because I'm not going to give somebody else my airtime. I'm not going to be like, it's Jody Miller. She also has a show and I hate. There's no way I'm going to turn this interview about something else. And that's just the better answer because it's supposed. And at the end of the day, in this like Taoist universe, this Zen way, like, yes, I am my comedy. Because you are. But to not compare yourself to other people, you have no way to gauge how you're doing. You have no way to know if you could be doing better. It's so natural. It's so normal. And we all act like we're not doing it. Like, it's just bullshit. You think the best actresses out there are like, I don't know. I'm just doing me. I have no idea. Maybe like Meryl Streep because she's hit this like acrobatic point. But on the way up, that's normal. And especially as women, we've been told these are all the trappings of a woman. You have a relationship. You have a kid. You have X, Y, and Z or career-wise. If it makes you feel any better, and it won't, but, like, I do it with my career all the time. I'm like, you're a fucking loser. Oh, you wrote a book just like every other female comic? Like, I could go down that rabbit hole all day, and it will not end well for my husband who has to right. listen to me at the end of the day. But it's tough because you're constantly being told. L.A. is very like this. Everybody's excited. Everybody's very excited to get to work, mm-hmm. but nobody's actually working. Right. Everybody's so thrilled to be working. Oh, my God, such a fan. Oh, my God, they're really big fans. They just don't want to work with you, and they ask that you move away. <laughs> Everything is disingenuous. Nobody has a spine. And so you're treading water. You're like, everyone's saying they love me. We do love you. We can't throw you a raft. You're like, but if I could just have one raft. No, <laughs> nobody's going to give you a raft. You're killing it. Do it, queen. And people are also like pulling you from the bottom. And you're like, I'm barely keeping it. And it's, and we're, that's part of living here. And it, and it is not, I can't imagine. I will imagine. I will feel it. As you get older, it is a young person's game. Brad Pitt said this recently in a, Brad Pitt <laughs> said this recently in an interview comedy is a young person's thing i mean i see what you go through it's a grind yeah you know so it's this tough thing where there's this emphasis on youth at 25 year old you know this emphasis on youth and what's new and what's current but the truth is with comedy it really does take years to get a real perspective and not just be like i was in a movie with a dog and now you know you have this career this is why people blow up and then burn out because they didn't actually get a perspective right you're just lauded for being in something and but it's, it's like, does it offer you any solace to be like, well, I have a perspective and a slow burn career. You're like, nope, I'll take that $8 million and that hot movie star and the one movie. Thanks. It's so it's so much different because I taught stand-up for years and I would tell people comedy is the only part of this industry that age actually serves you well. As far as, yes, getting a perspective and collecting, you know, you become a little bit more jaded, more baggage, more relatable to a lot more people. And you get you bigger have, balls. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to say you what do. I say. I'm 36. I can fucking say this now. Exactly. I'm not, I don't care what people think about me. So it definitely helps you, but it definitely is still a boys club in the fact that a man in his 50s can blow up and everyone's like, where did he come from? He's amazing. And still have so many opportunities compared to a woman who's approaching 50. It doesn't matter. They're just going to go for some, some woman that's younger. I don't know if I totally agree with that. I mean, you look at someone like Ellen who had a shot, went away. You know, she was gay and no one like Then she came back and she is over 50. Right. Dominating these ratings. You know, Oprah Winfrey still relevant at that age. Melissa McCarthy. And she's a bigger girl. I do think it, it the opportunities are few and far between, um, but I do think the tides are turning. People are less interested. I'm casting this sketch show I'm doing now, and I was re- I read all my packets blind, so I don't have a name, so I just actually judge the funny. And on the phone with executives, they're like, we don't want a bunch of old white dudes. Even though they wrote on, like, The Daily Show or something, people are, like, angry about right. it. So you feel bad for people that are genuinely talented. By that same token, I don't want some 20-year-old girl that only wrote one sketch. Right. I'm like, I'm not interested in that perspective. No, no, no. And, and I just want to clarify. I don't mean that— No, no, you said it. So it- tweet it. Everyone <laughs> right. attack. Um, I don't mean that they don't have a career. I mean it's harder to 
all of a sudden blow up. I mean, blow up, like become, get discovered, even though, you know what I mean, we've been around forever. I mean, it definitely, like, if we look at Leslie Jones, which we talked about a million times, I mean, she got at SNL at 48. But, it's, you know what I mean, she's an anomaly for the mm-hmm. most part. It's it's very rare that you see a woman blow up on the scene at Susan 48. Susan Boyle. <laughs> yes. And where is Less Susan now? Can, on tour? Singing she's actually, Gaelic hymns? She's my next guest. Um, she's definitely... <laughs> A ma'am. She is a full-on ma'am. She's a, she was born a ma'am. She's a born a ma'am. Um, born a ma'am. <laughs> that's going to be uh, part two. My next special. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely changing for sure. I work on a comedy game show, and it's interesting. I have so many more, more male writers than I do female writers, and the men are the biggest babies I've ever worked with for the most part. Well, it's, yeah. it's so interesting. Men in comedy, it's just... It's insane. It's really insane compared to the women. You know what I would say? I, I would say a lot of men in comedy are babies with insane egos and are, you know, there's definitely, they're very damaged. And girls try to play catch up, you mm-hmm. know? It's like, well, I can be damaged too. And it is a place to go to seek refuge if you are weird or something happened like this is the island yes. of mismatched toys what is it broken toys you know misfit. that's what comedy misfit toys um and the truth is in between awful men with egos that feel they're owed something and the girls that are making terrible jokes that like just want to be one of the guys in between you get your talented people yes unfortunately you're constantly having to come up against the terrible extremes of both for men and women mm-hmm. and the answer is you know you find the ones that work in the middle you know, the key in Hollywood is you're just not allowed to say anything about anyone. Otherwise, you're shaming everyone. Everything. So that's why I kind of just put my head down. I do my work and you let the comedy speak for itself because, you know, people are jealous. And yeah. that's really what it comes down to. I always say this. If you're if I say something uh, political or about um, the ecology, about, you know, like recycling or something and you disagree and you get mad at me, that's fair. You're like, I don't like your views. And that's right. the real reason. Aside from that, if you're blowing up my Instagram, if you're a dude and you're saying anything to me, you're trying to be, you say something shitty to me, trying to be clever, I will never fuck you. That is the only reason you're reaching out to me. If you're saying something shitty, you're trying to peacock me. I'm not a dumb girl. I'm not going to be like, oh, you insulted me. Oh, I think I love you. (laughs) That's it. Women do it all the time. A lot of women are jealous and they act like the other women don't exist. They act like... If you say anything, it's like, well, she shamed me. Women love to use the feminist argument when it behooves them. And then other times they're like, I don't even see it. It's really rare that you get women like a Gina Davis who are like, I'm doing this institute. I'm studying why women don't have as many parts. I'm trying to. So many women talk about this platform of helping women and at the end of the day kind of don't. And even in me saying that, you'll get girls that are like, how can you say that about women? Women love to tear down other women when they feel threatened. And what we need to do as a society is eliminate that initial insecurity that makes you hate her versus hating it or that yeah. or them. It's always another girl's fault. Absolutely. And that's part of the patriarchy, but also something that we do to ourselves constantly. But it happens to you and it's happened to you throughout your career because, I mean, you say you don't you don't you don't give a shit now. I don't give a shit about not wearing makeup. But I don't, I mean, I, I don't even think, I think even when you first started out, you didn't give a shit. You didn't seem to care, you know what I mean, what other people thought about you or your comedy. It's not even that. You Which know, is it's, great. It's, I'm, I'm. No, no, it's, it's, it's become this archetype, this, like, how to not give a fuck. Not giving a fuck and, and fucking fuck. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care and watch me not care. Look how much I'm talking about not caring. 
Those of us who, of course you care. It's human to care. I care about specific opinions. I care about if it hurts my feelings. But in mass, my whole life, I've never walked around like hoping to fit in. I just kind of did my thing. Not trying to be a juggernaut or anything. I was just doing me, which is what everyone preaches. But when you actually do it, then they get mad. Uh, So, of course, there are times that I care and times that I don't. This idea that you're this ice queen devoid of a soul and you're like, I don't care. I just do me. I don't care. I'm just living it and everyone can fuck off. Nobody, if you really feel like that, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, absolutely. And And you're also a lonely person. I care when it, yeah. I care when it matters. Uh, Sometimes I do. Of course, I never want to hurt anyone, but... My, I, but at the end of the day, I don't care if you find me attractive I or are turned on by me. And I don't care if you have something mean to say because it means you're jealous. Right. If you have constructive criticism, there is a way to convey that. Right. But I think people, any, whoever you are, athletes, we're looking at right now with Megan Rapinoe, the uh, women's soccer player. Yeah. Livid that a woman would dare, and women's soccer has gone through this before, dare show any hubris that would dare show any pride. How dare she put her arms out? Like a normal athlete, and I'm like, fucking get it. I can't even believe I it. do that. Yes. I'm cocky, and I respect my industry, and I'm humble when I need to be, but it is okay, especially as a girl once in a while, to be like, fuck yeah, I will fuck up that lineup. Absolutely. And people people don't like it, because they're like, come back down here where the rest of the scaredy cats are. Right, but they let a lot of guys do that, and they're totally fine with that. They're like, well, that, yeah, he is going to tear it up tonight. He has the right to be like Rappers that. do it all the time. All Athletes. the time. So it's, it's like, I'm sorry that I can't temper... My natural confidence to cater to your insecurities. I just don't care. No, and if nor, you want to have a conversation, I'll help you out. I, I can tell you though, getting older. Right, uh, back to the topic. Uh, no, no I, no, I can just say for me because I used to care a lot more, which is why I was, you know, not. I think this is part of my personality. I'm not saying it's not part of yours, but I definitely am like. I'm just super nice to everyone. I don't care where you are. You are super nice. To just to everyone. I don't care who you are, where you are, where you're from, what you're doing, what stage of your career. If you're in the career, if you're not in the career, you're wherever you're, you know, mopping the floor, you're working at a car wash, you're serving me. It doesn't matter. I'm just nice to people. But for a long time, I think it was like, oh, I want them to like me. And then I got older in my 30s and you're more comfortable who you are. And I still am like a nice person. But now that I'm in my 40s, there's a lot of people and I feel... There's a part of me that feels a little bit bad, and then I'm like, no, they're toxic. They drain energy from me. I don't I don't have to—I'm going to bring up this example that, um, you know, uh, at that— Yes? Yeah. The, this, one, this one comedy club, you tell it better. Oh, well, first of all, I think you're talking about everyday interactions versus, like, actual relationships. I think as we get older, we're like, you know what? I've got this friend, and this is a drain, and I'm done. Yes. On my podcast, I like, constantly get questions. Like, I've got this friend. I don't know how to let them go. I love them, but I'm like, let them go. There's other right. friends. But you're talking about there's this thing as a woman where you have to, you know, the word nice comes into play. You never, right. men don't get gauged on that. Uh, male comics all the time, don't answer texts, walk in late, whatever, on their phones. And it's like, love him so much, love him, he's so great. And he doesn't even look you in the eye. And so, oh, sorry, I got something on my mind. And women can't do that. Uh, doesn't matter who it is because this person's actually quite lovely and you know that too. Uh, a friend of mine yes. runs a room. And we were talking, and they go, I need a comic for Wednesday night. And I said, he's like, I need a headliner. I go, why don't you call Jody? And without thing, he just goes, well, last time, though, she wasn't that nice to my staff. And I, as a woman, as her friend, as a character witness, but I always do this thing in comedy. Whenever I hear something bad about another girl, I always question it because it's so easy to be like, yeah, she does suck. When an, If you're hearing something repeatedly, it's probably true. But right. if you've never heard this, I'm like, I question that. Uh, I've had it happen to me where I'm like, who really said that? Oh, no one? Got right. it. And they go, here she wasn't nice. I go, I got to call bullshit on that. 
I go, Jody is nice. Like, I've never seen her be rude to anyone. I don't know. What are you talking about? He goes, well, she came into the club and she was really nice to the busboy who she thought was the manager of the club. He turned out to be the busboy, just a guy in there. And then the manager came in and she, like, didn't give him the time of day. I go, didn't give him the time of day or, like, didn't blow him? Like, what are you really saying? And I go, is it possible that she was just nice and then he walked in and she just said hi and it wasn't and he was having a weird day and it wasn't enough for him? Because she just doesn't do that. He goes, yeah, and we looked into it and it's true. She did nothing. She simply said hi. For some reason, it wasn't enough for him. And my friend, to his credit, he was like, thank you so much for pointing that out. And he gave you the gig. Right. And you, everything was fine. Everything was fine. Somehow a man's word, like, she's a bitch. It's like, oh, yeah, she must be. Based on what? What did she do? She's here to do a fucking job, not stroke your ego, not be rude. She's just there. Right. Simply there. And we run into that all the time. We do. But here's the thing. I also run into it, like, it when you told me that, over the phone, at my first response was like, are you insane? Are you insane? Like, I remember that night, and I remember I was rushing from the comedy store. I was rushing to get to a place that was like 40 minutes away. I was rushing to get there. So I remember flying in. Hi, you say hi to everyone. And I was up next. Like, that was it. It was That's the last it. spot. I don't You're even remember You're just there to do your job. You said hi. But a- after we got off the phone, I was like, I don't give a shit. And in my 30s, I would have cared. Now, if it was a guy or a girl, because I've also worked a lot of comedy clubs where women are running them. They're the, the manager or whatever. And I've gone out of my way to make sure that I'm, I'm and this is a horrible thing to say, but I'm not a threat. I'm not going to piss you. I'm, I'm such a nice person. I want you to like me. And I'm not like that anymore because yeah. I got to a place where I'm like, I don't care. But you're also naturally like that. Right. You're I'm, not, you know, you're just like, hi, Jody. I'll be right here. Like, there's no, I think also... When you hear about someone, it's different versus in person. A, no one's going to tell you the shit they're going to say online. And B, like, you can hear all you want. I challenge you to find someone that finds me difficult to work with, has said anything other than she came and she did her job, she left. Right. And I'm not interested in anything other than that. And as for, like, women and talking shit, you know, I think sometimes as women we love the fantasy of hating other one or even just anybody, love the fantasy of hating them. And then you meet them, they're like, oh, they were really nice. Right. I give women jobs all the time. I've taken so many younger comics, but unfortunately, it's like, well, she seems intimidating, therefore. And I'm like, well, you're missing out on someone that could be cool to you because yeah. you're terrified deep down. It's ridiculous. That's it. And it's for most... I've never really had a problem face-to-face with any women in comedy. I've never had an argument face-to-face. There are people who have said stuff online, and you're like, well, I, and I've tried to have a yeah. discussion. Because they can hide online. Anyone in the comedy store, anyone that's a, a legit uh, working comic. Right. There's so few of us. You see each other, you're like, hey. You know, like Christina Pazinski, lovely. Known her my whole career. Love April her. Macy, Natasha, uh, Ali Wong. Like, the, you don't, you're not even best friends. You're just like, hey. Hey. There's no, and then plenty of other women. It, that's it. There's no, like, that bitch. It just doesn't, who has the fucking time? A lot of people have the time. Yeah. People, a lot of people <laughs> well, have Well, we don't, because we're working. No, we don't. Absolutely not. Um, I'm going to talk about, all right, first of all, what are you watching right now on TV? I'm actually listening to a podcast. I know I shouldn't say that. No, it's all right. What are you listening to? I found out it was on my network. Uh, I have a podcast on Wondery, and I found out that this is called The Shrink Next Door. It's so up your alley. Is it? I gotta say it. It's just about a psychiatrist that, like, Svengali, like, controls a guy's life for, like, 30 years. Love this shit. I also took a quarter of an Ambien and listened to it last night, and then I woke up, and I was like, I can't remember any of the episode. Whatever. Uh, What am I watching? What did I just finish? I finished... Fleabag. Fleabag. Okay, right. Fleabag is so good. Have you if you haven't seen it, you have to see it. Everybody should see it. I have two episodes left of, sec- of okay. the second season, so you can But can't. you saw the Neil episode. Oh my god. Right? It's unbelievable. Now wear high waisted jeans. Why yes. would I steer because, you wrong? Because look at her body. 
No, not. I'm saying, like, listen to me. I told you to watch Fleabag. It's great. Mm. It's great. <laughs> it is great. High waisted jeans are great. John knows what I'm talking about. Uh, Fleabag is amazing. Also, you sent me that. I, well, I wanted that to be I'm a series. I'm not watching that. No, I you, just sent you a clip. But yeah, that's not even a clip. Murder. But is that a show? Or I don't is it just, know. It just uh, made me think of you. Some girl that was. This made me think of you. All, it's all people that have taken selfies and it was. The, and, and then they brilliant. die. And then they die. But it's either, yeah, they die. It's like the last selfie not you brilliant. take. Brilliant. It's brilliant. It's great. I love that. She got um, involved in a weird threesome and they dismembered her. It's not brilliant. You know, by the way, there was a lot of bags there. Like it looked like too many bags for one person because she looked like a tiny person. She had a lot of body parts. But I mean, I I thought it was going to even be more about like, you know, people take selfies right over a cliff. You know, those people, those idiots that take it and then they fall oh. off and you're just like, oh, no, God. Just normal pictures. Uh, I think women, I enjoy all of that. And I do talk about this on stage about women that enjoy watching true crime and serial killer documentaries compared to the women that just enjoy like watching The Real Housewives or anything like that. I don't enjoy either. Uh, and that's totally fine. I, that helps. I, I feel like a, a lot of women enjoy the serial killer. We just, it's just like reminding us how fucked up our lives could get. Makes me feel better about my life. I don't know why. I just like to see all that shit. It's kind of like scary. I watched the Ted Bundy thing, and I, I got to be honest, uh, no one's going to like this, but there were times where I related to him oh. about being more than you, being wanting to be more than you are. And I am a little, I'm not a manipulative person. I don't naturally have that sociopathic mentality where I know how to pit people against each other, but I wish I did. I'd get so much farther. I could see, though, I don't think I don't think people are going to have a problem with that. I think Ted Bundy, if he had gone a different route, and everybody has said that, That's he could have been... Said. I know, the judge said, but I mean, there, I mean, any book or any other documentary, and I've seen a lot on him... Uh, they pointed out what a what a really charismatic, brilliant man he was, and if, all he had to do was take a different route. No, and here's why: those types of personalities are only used for evil. Mm, I don't oh, agree. It's, okay, point out one where it didn't end poorly. Well, I mean, you don't know a lot of these people, but a lot of people that are in business, since a lot of people that are in business, are that narcissistic sort of sociopath. You don't know what's on the other side of that. Yeah, but I'm not saying they commit crimes. They might not be like a great, you know, father or husband, but they're very successful in their career. They're Shrink running next door is about this. Usually that type of personality, not even evil, but like there's always like a downside where right. it's like you're really good at manipulating people and reading people and you uh, absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. And so there are, I'm sure, a couple examples of like benevolent kings, but usually it ends I mean, head chopped off. I don't think it always ends like that. I think they could probably be very well. They probably don't even realize they're lonely. But I know a lot of people that are super narcissistic, and are really powerful and really successful at what they do. Now, yeah, they probably are Check in a horrible out that basement. Check out their basement. What if they check don't out have their offshore bank account? You don't know. Well, so all right, so all right, maybe they're not a good person. They're like stealing money. What are they funding? Where's but, that money getting wired to? But they're not killing people. You don't know that. <laughs> the guy that's in the in the news right people are trafficking girls all over. You don't know that. Right under this roof. <laughs> right next door to us. For real. Well there's all a lot of are going in right now and they're getting production company. Uh, um, so I remember we were in Canada. Do you remember in Canada? Uh, uh to that that weird fest Saskatchewan? Sa yeah, the oh, Saskatoon. So long ago. Oh, Saskatoon. That was right before you had you you haven't you didn't even like complete last comic. I was like in the middle of it. Yeah, you were in the middle of it, and we were there, Fourth of July. By the way, Which every means hotel, there. You know, yes, every hotel in Canada has a um, a water park. So every hotel in like central Canada where it gets really cold, they have water parks because mm -hmm. that's the only way they can enjoy the water. And we were there in the summer, but I didn't bring my bathing suit because why would I bring it? So Eliza brought me to a department store that could have been Sears, could have been JCPenney's. I have no idea what it was, but made me buy a bathing suit uh -huh. 
that was definitely high waisted, Joe. It was like all. Oh, the that's way- what this yeah. is about. <laughs> no, no. Uh, uh, it's no. weird because I remember thinking like you were so thin that day. Oh my god. So I'll never be that thin again. Uh, <laughs> bathing suit. But I remember taking off my makeup and you were like, you should use baby oil. And I've never stopped. That was like the oh. best life hack ever, by the way, that you, you told you. me. And you know where I learned it from? Who? My mother. See? We all have these things like you're like, oh, that's just how my mom did it. Like we never put syrup uh, or brown sugar in our oatmeal. She always did butter and salt. Oh, wow. And people think it's gross. I'm like, that's just what we did. Baby oil, people are like, no, it'll clog your pores. It gets the job done every time. You're, it's, yes. it's inexpensive. You're not buying micelle or whatever it is, water. Makeup remover has got alcohol. It's dry. I don't think it clogs your pores at I don't all. Think, I, first, you don't have any pores around your eyes. Do you see any babies with clogged pores? They no. use it. You know That's, what I learned from my mom is that if you smoke, you die of lung cancer. Moving on. Um, <laughs> very real lesson. <laughs> but uh, that was probably one of the best oh, life you. hacks ever because I still use it. Um, my skin is not clogged. So, yeah. Eliza, tell me some more life hacks. Oh, my God. I wish I had longer to... You also about- told me about buying a house, too. We yeah. Both, we both bought a house. I just had, I have some PTSD from having done it before, and I thought I'd pass that on to you. Uh, okay, so if you get a coffee colonic and don't eat for, like, 48 hours... I'm just I, kidding. <laughs> I, I seriously was like, I want a coffee colonic. Are you kidding me? Uh, so you're talking about, like, life hacks, beauty hacks? Beauty hacks. Anything. <sighs> That's a tough one. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. You can cut this part out where I'm just thinking beauty hacks. I'm just trying to look at everything. Look at your nails. Trying to look at like beauty hacks. Oh, I don't really have any. It's all natural. Oh, here's a tip. You know what? I don't have a a hack, but I have some advice that will save you money. Yeah. If you have melasma, as I do, which is a patchy darkening of the skin you get from birth control, or if you're pregnant, which I'm not, this is from birth control. What a fun gift. It's like God's like, you don't have to have a baby, but you get a mustache. So it's and it's on my upper lip. Uh, there are creams and everything out there. They're like, we'll con- you know fix your melasma. It is. Listen to me, and this is from a very expensive doctor's advice. It is incurable. There is no amount of argan oil, pumpkin seeds, nothing you can do. You are stuck with it. The only thing that mitigates it slightly is lasers, and they're very expensive. Yeah. But I've begun treatment with that just to lighten it a little bit. But if you have melasma, like you have it. Do not buy anything else. They are all lying to you. I promise. Also, so just save your money. Don't uh, do threading. I can tell you that uh, under your under your lip. You know how people thread oh. their eyebrows. Yeah. Uh, I was hosting something. It was that red carpet thing for Independent Film Awards that Greg got me, and they convinced me to thread. I don't even have any real hair under there, but they're like, you should do it. So I did it, and I broke out under oh my. my it was yeah, it's too horrific. aggressive. It's too aggressive. Don't do that. There with you know. There's this with the ushering in of like the Kardashians which right. everybody's got an opinion on right. whatever and it's like hacky to talk about but for better or for worse they did usher in sort of an allowability in terms of a certain kind of body type yeah a lot of women have like a little bit of meat uh, and a lot of women the stuff that Kim Kardashian wears doesn't necessarily look amazing on her always but she makes it cool right. I have a curvier body and I'll look at some of those women and I'll be like oh they wore that right and, and they made it okay which is great because we're not waifs like, it's really, we, you and I always talk about this, like, we can't be broken. We can't be, I can't ever look like a willowy stick, and I do have a curvier body. That being said, they've also ushered in the era of eyebrow sculpting, which typically, if you are Middle Eastern or you're darker hair, darker skin, right. you need to tame your eyebrows. For the most part, if you're like a pale white woman, you don't need to sculpt them. No. Every color, every ethnicity, everyone's got their pluses and minuses. If you fill in your eyebrows, you will look angry. You, it's never going to look as effortless because your skin isn't as dark. 
Don't sculpt them. Nobody cares about your white eyebrows. Just leave it. Just right. leave it and be thankful you don't spend $50 to tame them. Don't try to make them something they're not. Don't make them something you're not. You can obviously, in my opinion, you know, get a pencil, fill in some spots. Also, start taking biotin and hair growth vitamins. I do that anyway, and my eyebrows grew out of control. Just strangely. I also use Latisse, too. I think your mom used Latisse because I had a conversation about her. I have really naturally long eyelashes. She does. It's disgusting. Uh, but Latisse definitely works for anybody that's wondering, and you can get it in Mexico at a pharmacy for much cheaper, uh, as, well as, as well as the Xanax. So the whole reason we came here today. Exactly. Let's talk about Shout that. out to Latisse uh, for you. I've also known your hair every single length, too. I've got really fine hair. You do. Oh, uh, you want to know a hack? Okay, a couple things. You watch women on TV, everyone is wearing fake hair. Yes. Every woman, you, and you can you can kill yourself holding yourself to these standards. Like, I want to look like that. Every woman is wearing two pairs of Spanx. Mm-hmm. Every woman is wearing extra fake hair. Extra okay? fake hair. I am. Even girls that look like they have just normal hair, there is a wiglet. Yeah. Okay? I have wiglets. Everybody does it. Uh, in Elder Millennial, it was a lot of wiglet. Uh, it's all fake. So girls that are listening, don't kill yourself trying to look perfect. You just know those girls aren't perfect like that. Absolutely. I think that's like a whole, that's something that I try to encourage women to do, especially with their friends. Yes. When somebody's like, your hair looks amazing. I'll be like, oh, I have my clippings in. I have no shame about it. I actually do have really nice thick hair, Mm -hmm. but it's not growing as long as it used to. So when, especially when I'm on TV, I put it in because it gives it more volume and I like the way it looks. It's just easier. It's definitely easier. I also get Botox all over my face and neck. And I tell people, if someone's like, you look really good, I'm going to tell them, especially a girlfriend, because I don't want them to think that I that, that I haven't done anything. I'm in my 40s. I've obviously done something. And, and I'm really proud of the work that I've done because I look back at a picture of myself 10 years ago and I look identical. My face is just a little bit fuller. Like there's nothing else. But if someone's like, your neck looks really good, because a neck, by the way, ladies, right around 45, you, t- you turn in a picture and you see a turkey neck and it will freak you the fuck out. Yeah, it's scary as fuck. You, I can like pull my neck out and wrap it around my head. Like it's, it's really upsetting. Interesting. I know you're wrapping up as we get older, like the little things. Like my mom's like, we were stretching. We were, I took her for a birth and we were working out stretching. We looked down. She was like, oh my God, my knees. Like when you look at your knees upside down. I felt this with, my knees are like, whatever. I, I was looking in the mirror the other day and I was like, what happened to my upper lip? <laughs> Where did, as a white woman after like 34 your upper lips like well it's time to retreat back from Wednesday game <laughs> and it's just like this like chipmunk like it's just I don't know how I'm drinking I because do. I don't know what happened just to my like upper it all lip falls out. It's, you know what's really weird is that not only does your body change you and I have definitely talked about it like your body changes every few years where you used to be able to work out an hour a day and then you'd be like, I'm amazing. You know, you're like once a week and all of a sudden you work out every single day. You go keto, you go, you know, like one piece of rice a day and you're like, why can't I lose that extra weight? Your body, your metabolism changes. Well, your face and every other part of your body does too. I mean, it's crazy. Get ready. Seriously, get ready. You look in the mirror and you're like, where's my upper lip? Why is my cheek coming down to my collarbone like everything just starts to it's just gravity it's like how fast can I get to the floor yeah <laughs> like everything get is in a race into the ground and bury myself it's funny that you said the knee thing Christy Brinkley had a knee lift that she talks mm. about which I think is like kind of ridiculous like it's I don't ridiculous. think well if you're a model it's different like that's your pro- like that's so right. your thing I totally understand but it's like we spend thousands of dollars on injections in our face making our vagina look 20 with vaginal rejuvenation but like if somebody sees your knees they're like ma'am Ma'am, um, please ma'am, leave. please, your knees. Like, I would never be able to wear these Pick right now. your knees up off the floor. Uh, I also wear a lot of tanner, too. You are, you do wear a lot of tanner. I 
am a little tan right now because it's been like weeks in the sun, but I'm a very pale person. And you know what? I've also resigned myself to it. Yeah, but you look good like that. Yeah. I don't. I just don't look good pale. It's because you never see yourself pale. Like, you're not used to it. It's true. And I don't look good pale. Like, it looks really, really scary on me. Um, Yeah, I don't know. So, when is your Netflix special coming out so everybody can... I don't know. Way after this comes out, and I don't have the answer. Probably around the holidays. And the name of it? I can't tell you that. Oh, you can't? I'm sorry. (laughs) I can't tell you that. I feel like you told me that in private a long time ago, and I don't remember. Uh, I can't tell you anything. Uh, What can I tell you? When does this come out? Um, I don't know. I don't even know when this comes out. But I can tell you guys to listen also to this, because you are, and to Eliza's podcast. It's called Ask Eliza Anything, where we post once a week. People ask questions in the Instagram comment section. We call them and then answer your life queries. Also... Uh, you can check out Eliza.com slash tour because I'm probably coming to a city near you. Yeah, she's everywhere. Um, she's amazing. If you live in Windsor, Ontario, I'll be there. I'm going to go to Windsor, Ontario. Um, all right. I think we're like wrapping up. Guys, Eliza's my best friend. I want everybody to know that right now. Thank you. Uh, I love you. Thank you for having me on the show. This has been a Global Story Network production. 